0: What is greatness to you? This is Friday, June 9th. This week, we've seen how Jesus demonstrated and taught loving service to his disciples. This was a tough lesson for them to learn for so many reasons. Well, first, they were living in a world controlled by force and power. The Romans had overpowered the Jewish people with their legions, and those legions were almost unstoppable. Most of the known world was under Roman control because of this powerful war machine. That didn't mean that all their victories were easy, but they succeeded almost everywhere they went. The empire grew and thrived through a strategy of conquest, and after taking control of Palestine, two generations before Jesus was born, they left a force in place to maintain control and to collect taxes. The message was... All about power and control. But there was a second reason the disciples were slow to learn the way of service. The hunger for glory and power resides in the heart of every human being. We may pursue that glory in different ways, of course, but it's always there. Here's our text for today Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 to 28. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, this sounds familiar to the teaching we've been looking at this week from John chapter 13. But here's the surprise. Jesus gave this teaching on his way to Jerusalem, long before the celebration of the Passover. Here's what prompted Jesus to say this to his disciples. This is Matthew 20, verse 20 to 24. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right, And the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. "Can you drink the cup? I'm going to drink. We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ter- ten heard this they were indignant with the two brothers. Now yes, it's ironic isn't it that on the way to Jerusalem where Jesus will die for his disciples and for us, well, the mother of James and John come to Jesus with a request. She wants something from Jesus. And what does she want? She wants greatness for her sons. She wants her sons to be the right-hand man and left-hand man of Jesus when his kingdom comes. The number one and number two under King Jesus. Now the other disciples know what has happened. James and John put their mother up to this. How can Jesus say no to their mom? The other disciples know what is up and that's why they're angry with James and John. But notice that Jesus doesn't tell them no and he really provides no answer to their mother at all. Instead, he asks James and John if they know what it means and if they're willing to pay the price. They have no idea what they're talking about when they tell Jesus they want to be in those places of authority. You see, the pathway of Jesus to glory leads through the cross, his mistreatment and his death. Jesus then tells them that they're asking for something he has no right to grant, This decision can only be made by his father. Now, I think the striking thing about this moment is how deeply we see the striving for place and position in the human heart. They've been with Jesus three years. They've seen Jesus sacrifice everything to announce the kingdom of God. They had ringside seats to Jesus's miracles and the explanation of his parables. Yet they miss Jesus and what he is about. And we can miss Jesus as well. Thinking our place in the kingdom is about what we get rather than how we are called to serve. Thinking it is about gains rather than faithful service. Of course, there are benefits to following Jesus. Fellowship with God, peace, joy, forgiveness, and more. But there's also a cost. To drink from the cup Jesus drinks from, is to share in all that comes into his life, to know the cost of sacrifice ourselves. The disciples don't know what they're asking for, but soon they will see. I think they reflect our attitudes pretty well. We'd like glory and position, but we don't understand the cost, the sacrifice of a life of service. Many times I've walked with men and women that have faced difficulty that came because they were serving Christ. More often than not, they're surprised. They expected things to go easily and for the way to be smooth and straight. But this is, was not the way for Jesus himself. The hymn from the early church about Jesus reminds us of this. In your relationships with one another, Philippians 2 5 to 8 says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death, on a cross. If we didn't already know the story of Jesus, what what we find here would surprise us. He humbled himself, emptied himself, and became the servant. The result was the cross. It's not until the other side of the cross that Jesus is exalted by the Father. You see, in Jesus, we see the truth that the cross precedes the crown. We want the crown without the cross. We imagine that there can be sacrifice without self-giving, without the expending of ourselves. But there is no other way. We see this with Jesus, the Son of God, and with all God's servants. For example, Moses was often weighed down with the burden of caring for Israel, often on his face, pleading with God in prayer for them. Then there's Jeremiah the prophet, who experienced paralyzing depression as a result of his ministry. His friends and even those closest to him abandoned him. Then there was David, He became a fugitive and wanderer for many years, and later his own son staged a coup attempt and briefly took the throne. Then there's Paul the Apostle. He faced mistreatment through almost every step of his ministry. He was jailed and beaten and shipwrecked. And Joseph, he was sold into slavery and thrown in prison. Today we are told that following Jesus leads to prosperity and wealth and success at every turn. But this is not what we see in the people of faith. All right, at this point, you may be thinking, why would I want to walk this way of service? This is what it means to be with Jesus, to be where Jesus is working and to become his disciple. And this is where there is life with God and enjoying his kingdom and sharing in the mission of the gospel. Jesus said we would be blessed if we do what he has done, And indeed, we are and will be. This is where we come to experience the presence and power of God. Whoever wants to be great will become the servant. Even Jesus himself came to serve. Let's pray. Father God, the way of Jesus is nothing like the way of our world. Help us to trust that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Lead us along paths of righteousness for your name's sake.